Welcome. We are so glad you've joined us today. Are you ready for another Bayside Christian Church podcast? Let's get straight into it. We've been doing a series on breakthrough. That's our theme. And today is Valentine's Day. So happy Valentine for every uh, married couple and every couple here today. And uh, we want to talk about breakthrough in relationships today. And uh, it's so, so important. Many marriages and long-term friendships were placed under lots of pressure last year through COVID and some are still uh, going through the journey uh, due to social distancing, travel restrictions, you're unable to see or connect with family, lockdowns and even working and studying from home. That was an experience for those who uh, did homeschooling and uh, all the parents were glad that was over fairly quickly. And, uh, and it was a real struggle for some. Some are still struggling, but today we want to speak into the essential area of relationships. Many, when it comes to relationships, struggle with anxiety and fears. I'm amazed some people are just so scared of commitment that they don't get married or they live together for years and miss out on the power of the covenant of marriage and God's full blessing over our lives. Genesis 1.27 says, So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. God blessed them and said to them, Be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. And there are many... Um, forces at work to try and destroy uh, the credibility of marriage and family, even to question the whole area of male and female identity. But the truth is God created us in his image and we need to stand by that and believe for that with his blessing over it. Marriage between a man and a woman is God's idea for love, companionship and for family. For those who are not presently married, God created all of us to live healthy, loving relationships in families, in churches, in communities, in uh, workplaces, in neighborhoods. The enemy has fought ever since God's creation of male and female. He's fought against God's plan for marriage and family. So the, new, the schemes that are happening now are not new. They're just different uh, dynamics to try and tear down and destroy. But God wants us to stand in his victory, to know that his love and grace is more than enough. And he doesn't want us to live in a place of uh, tension, strife, loneliness, or separation. He wants us to be connected to one another in his blessing and favor. It's Valentine's Day. Reminds me, the first time I saw Mary Lynn... When I was 19 at Nambour going to a Christian concert, immediately I was stirred with an emotional and physical attraction to this beautiful lady. I was fairly shy. It took me a long time to invite her out for a date. Mary Lynn was nervous, so she invited four of her friends along as well. <laughs> so things started a bit slow for us. Took me a few months before I had the courage to invite her out again because I thought, well, this is going to be an interesting journey. But the good news is our communication relationship got better and grew stronger. And three years later, we were married. I was 22 and Marilyn was 21. Next month, we celebrate 41 years of happy marriage. Wow. Congratulations for putting up with me for 41 years. Well done. We all need grace for our lives. It's been an exciting, fulfilling and occasionally challenging journey. We chose to follow Jesus individually 
in our late teens and we chose to put Jesus at the centre of our marriage, our family, our lives and we have never ever regretted that because with God at the centre you can grow through and mature and have amazing rewards in our lives. I'd like to invite Mary Lynn to come, my beautiful wife and faithful friend, loving mother and grandmother, a great pastor to come and share some great insights on stages of relationships. So give her a big welcome as she comes to share. Thanks, darling. Hello, how are you all? Those early days, you know, I, I had a lot of fear and I was really scared because um, of commitment and relationships because I'd watched my own parents struggle and sadly their marriage fail and end and I didn't want to make a mistake so I was just wanting, I was avoiding and, and just, you know, I thought safety in numbers. <laughs> so yeah, four, four girls and me went off to Brisbane on our first date. Oh, yeah. It was, it was not the, the greatest idea, but, but there was a strong attraction. Even though I had this fear, there was still a really strong attraction and I would, be, would make sure that I just happened to be standing around the front of my workplace. Sometimes I had to walk around the corner a couple of times just in time to see him drive past on his way to work and I'd wave and then float off to work. <laughs> In those early stages of infatuation and romantic attraction, um, Ross walked in front of a fully loaded cane train and coming through the main street of Nambour and Nilly was hit only the horn, just locked eyes with me and walked straight in front of the cane train and thankfully the horn was... and uh, he got out of the way. And uh, another time... He, was, he spotted me across four lanes of, hi, of highway, uh, four lanes of traffic, and he just walked straight across the traffic, you know, and the cars were all, <laughs> and thankfully he survived. And uh, <sighs> here we go. You know, it was, it was those heady early days of romantic attachment and attraction and we both felt it and we knew that there was much more to this and that, uh, yeah, so off we went on our relationship. Today I just want to talk about five stages of, of our relationship and a sixth one, which is a bonus. Understanding these five stages, you know, like in a group like this in a church our size, there will be lots of us, lots of you. There will be people that are single, people that are single again, whether that's by your choice or not, whether that's through separation, divorce, or even the death of your loved one. There are people that are hoping to be married. There are, there are those that have been married a short while and those that have been married a very long time. You'll, wherever you are today... Um, it's good to grow in our understanding, to learn something new about relationships because we are humans. We will always be in a relationship. God wants a relationship with us. You will have relationship with those that you work with, those that you are in extended families, neighbourhoods. You will always be in a relationship in the church family. So this hopefully will apply to, to everyone for wherever you're at right now. And I want to give some hope for those. 
perhaps that you've been you are single and you've often wondered why your relationships end um, they don't go beyond the dating stage and you've anguished over that or you get to a certain stage whether that's six months and then it ends don't despair God has blessings ahead for you and I believe this this is going to be a breakthrough in your understanding of relationships, understanding of your own responses and God's positioning you for healing and like like me, overcoming your fears, positioning you for blessing for the future. Amen? That's what we're doing this for. So longevity in relationships don't just happen. Relationships need two people working to understand each other and communicating with each other. Growing beyond the infatuation stage, romantic attraction stage is when you you just can't think straight. All you're doing is thinking about them all the time. You lose your appetite and it's just all-consuming. Um, today, as I said, I've got. I want to talk about these first, these five stages. The first one being romantic attraction. Knowing about these stages in your relationship can help you understand your feelings about your partner and about yourself. Stage one might also be called a fantasy stage or the the honeymoon stage, because your boyfriend or your girlfriend just seems perfect during this time. How long this phase lasts varies. <laughs> it, can, um, it can be anywhere between a few months to two years. On average, this phase lasts about three months. Um, this stage is a lot of fun, because, um, but it is not sustainable. People who constantly changing partners are often trying to retain this stage. They think that that's it. I've got to have this strong romantic attachment and this this um, this natural high that comes from the first blooms of love, but conf- and and in this stage conflict is avoided. In fact, conflict seems uh, is avoided so far that you don't even think that this is going to happen to us. We will never have a disagreement. We are so well suited. <laughs> Just wait. Now there's there now it's normal to lose those early romantic feelings, but something much deeper is awaiting for you at a later stage. To advance through the relationship stages requires communication and some work. But it is so worth the effort when you find the right person to do the journey with. So stage two is reality sets in. This stage often will begin to creep in slowly during your relationship or sometimes it just rushes in all at once. The reality phase typically lasts about six months or as long as it takes both people to choose or decide, yep, we are going to stay together. This will this is often where relationships end, when one person decides, no, I think I've picked the wrong person. But if you can accept each other's imperfections, you can progress through to the next level and develop a healthy relationship. You understand that it's natural to see the flaws in your partner or behaviour that you don't like, 
It doesn't mean that you're no longer in love, but that you are beginning to see that your partner isn't perfect after all. The penny will drop <laughs> eventually. In the early stages of romantic attraction, you have many endorphins rushing through your body that give you a high sensation. But your body cannot keep this up forever. And so begins the stage of elevation begins to, your elevation begins to level out. And you wonder, are you still in love? The relationship doesn't seem like it was before, like in the fantasy stage. But you are on your way to a healthy relationship. Stage three, realistic expectations. How do you adjust your expectations? Some really good advice that was given to us on our wedding day is to heighten or lift your appreciation of one another and lower your expectations of each other. And so what you're doing is choosing to appreciate who they are. You heighten your appreciation. Look at what you have and not and lower your expectations. Do you know, we live in a first world country and our expectations are very high. When you visit a developing country, you just you realise just how how high our expectations are for our own personal space and comfort. And I, when um, there's, a, there's a program on one of the lifestyle channels and it's about these people buying homes. And when I, I have to actually switch the, the sound off sometimes, I cannot stand some of these first world people's comments. It's like they've got $5,000 and they want it all. I want a house by the beach and I want five bedrooms and four bathrooms and a, and a mansion and, a, you know, and I want an acreage and I want, you know, it's just the expectations are ridiculous. And then we followed, when we, the last time we were in India, we followed early in the morning, we were driving right through the middle of India down to Gwalia and we followed this little, um, like a rickshaw tuk-tuk thing. It had a motorbike and a tray with a bit of shelter on it. And on the back there was crammed in, I counted at least eight men on their way to work. It was about 4.35 o'clock in the morning. It was still dark. And their expectation, they were quite comfortable. They were quite relaxed. They were going to work. Their expectation was I'd do an honest day, hard work, and they'll have food for their family. And I thought, you know... The difference in our expectations can really determine how happy you can actually be with your lot in life. With some of the um, the expectations, uh, realistic becoming realistic expectations is accepting that you probably are opposites. And you're probably very, very different. You come from different families, different backgrounds. And when, when you're trying to, to meet, you'll have opposites. You know, um, like one's a saver, one's a spender. One likes to stay up late. The other one gets, wants to go to bed early and get up early. You know, like this, you're just opposites. One likes spicy food and one likes plain Jane, plain, plain food. I'm talking about Russ and I. <laughs> I'm speaking from experience. We are as opposite as opposites can be. And so I know what this is like. You have to make adjustments. You have to negotiate, navigate and compromise. Okay, you have it, you come this way, I'll come that way. And you get an agreement and, 
and it works. It works, but it takes two working at it to do that. Um, so when uh, what begins as reality setting in during stage two can turn to disappointment in stage three. Couples at this stage spend about a year working on their differences in an effort to get to a place of stability. If you're able to communicate, as I said, and in healthy ways, and see, you will see positive progress. You're likely to move to the next phase. And um, the problems present in this, in this stage, you will learn how to fight fair. You will realise that you are different. There's, there's a bit of give and take here. I need to speak up or I will, you know, forever hold my peace. I'll get run over. No, you have, you're working on those stages of, of navigating through life. And you learn some valuable communication skills that will see you through any, any job site, any work site. It's, it's not to um, point your finger at people <laughs> when you're talking and don't say you always or you never. These kind of big sweeping statements uh, will get the other person's back up straight away. And especially if you, you are in a relationship, um, keeping don't keep long records of all the things they did wrong and what they did last time. And then when you get the chance, you back up and then beep, beep, dump it all on them at, at an appropriate time of disagreement. What you're doing is sabotaging your relationship. You are shooting yourself in the foot when you do this because that hurts and, and you've got then all this truckload to work through and to forgive and it goes, no, she, you know, it goes on. Some couples believe that arguments are bad and they, but they still stay angry with each other and they don't resolve this. This is not good. Some of the anger can be trivial, over trivial dis differences, like I was saying, um, annoying habits like leaving dirty clothes on the floor or wet towels on the bed. Really annoying habits. <laughs> but we, we, just, we all have them. And sometimes we have blind spots to our own. But we need to, um, yeah, have some realistic ex expectations. Since you don't realise that conflict can be healthy... Um, you wonder if your relationship is doomed. And sometimes at this point, people think, look, we're just too different, we're just not suited, and sadly, they can separate. But with strong communication, trust, you, you, have an, you develop an ability to work as a team and you can advance beyond those differences to the next stage. All couples experience this phase of disappointment when, you, when reality really starts to sink in. It occurs when you begin to get to know each other, but it's an important step in developing that healthy relationship. So what do you do? Like I said, you heightened, by heightening the love that you do have at this stage, focus in on your similarities. What are your core values? What do you hold that is the same? For Ross, you know, we have different things. I love garlic and I like spice and I love... But 
you know, when it comes and he likes it plain and, you know, three veggies and meat, like come off a cattle property and just simple, honest food. And those sort of things are not the end of the world if you're different. Um, at sometimes I'd cook two separate meals <laughs> because I was desperate for something different. But when it came to our beliefs, we were the same. Our core values, we love to worship. We love the family of God. We love the house of God. We love God with all our heart. We want to serve him. We want our children to know him. Like all the core values, we want to be faithful. We want our marriage to work. We believe in having eyes and mind dedicated to the purity of one man to love, one woman to love. All the core values were the same. And that's what you've got to get back to. What can we agree on? What is similar? What can we celebrate? And not look at the, the weaknesses or the flaws or the annoying little habits. Look for the good. Spend time um, a lot of time together, wherever you can. You are in love. So spend that time. Dream, plan, compromise, navigate your way through. And most importantly, pray over your relationship. Pray over your finances. Pray blessing over your children. Pray, pray and dream and pray. Dream and pray over those and see what God will do through that. Stage four is stability. If a couple can navigate through the unstable waters of stage three and adjust their expectations, they will find stage four offers rest, enjoyment and stability. Couples spend roughly about two years feeling stable before they progress to one of the final um, areas, which is commitment. As a couple, you now have history together and you have been able to work through some of your differences. The fantasy stage is gone, but you accept this. Yes, you have differences and sometimes you disagree, but because you love each other, you'll feel connected to him or her. You can work through any, you're confident you can work through um, any future conflicts. You may uh, feel a little bored at times because the chase is definitely over. <laughs> But if you plan dates and you can have fun together, you're able to relax and enjoy his company, you're each other's company. This can last for years, as we found. And to my final um, stage, and that is stage five is commitment. Sadly, not many couples make it this far, even couples that are married. At this stage, you are truly working as a team. You have progressed through these five stages from dating. Um, if, da if you're dating, if you're not already married, this is the time when you get married and you feel very confident in that decision. This is right. It's the right person. It's the right thing to do. And you can move very confidently ahead with that. As I said, you, at this stage, you are truly a team. Um, this is the stage of mature, stable love that, that can and will last a lifetime. The milestones you have, you have um, come through include you have chosen to be with your partner, flaws and all. You no longer miss that romantic stage and you can um, negotiate and come to an agreement. 
you share a common vision and goal and together as a couple. These romantic stages in a relationship help you to understand your feelings about yourself, about your partner, about the relationships you're, you're with and that you will have in life. You know that it's natural to lose those early romantic feelings but something much deeper is waiting for you. To advance through the relationship stages requires commitment and a bit of hard work. <laughs> but it's so worth it when you do find that person that you can journey with. So just to, to close, to finish, the five stages that I've mentioned. The first one was romantic attachment. The second one, reality sets in. The third one, realistic expectations. The fourth one is stability. The fifth one is commitment. And the sixth one that ties it all together is covenant. The blessing of covenant. Ross read a scripture at the very beginning from Genesis 2:24. 23 he read, this is 24. And for this reason, a man will leave his mother and his father and be united to his wife, and they will become one flesh. This is God's idea. God created our sexual relationships. He created marriage. He created it a beautiful gift to us in, to, to enjoy. The enemy has tried to cheapen the sexual relationship. He's tried to make it trivialized and casual and to the heartbreak of millions of people but the truth is that it was designed to the so that the two people become one one in spirit one in body one in soul it's a true soulmate state that God's blessing comes upon and then it goes on in Ecclesiastes 4 and verse 12 um, though one can be easily overpowered, two can defend themselves. But a three-strand cord is not easily broken. That's you, that's, that's your partner, and that's Jesus. That's the three-fold rope that's not easily broken. When you make Christ the centre of your marriage, of your relationship, it's not easily broken. And you're not tempted to go back to those heady days. You're not swayed and you know that, um, that your sexual relationship, it's a very important part of marriage. Why? Because it strengthens your love and commitment to each other and you renew your covenant every time you make love. It's so important and God's blessing is on that. And he smiles and develops you as people and creates a healthy relationship that builds a loving home and a safe place to bring children up in. All relationships need forgiveness. Um, like um, Forgiveness is like weeding the garden of your relationship. You know, you've, there are times that you have to ask forgiveness and say, look, I was wrong. I was wrong, I'm sorry, will you forgive me? And let that forgiveness come to you and give that back in return. And you'll find this incredible blessing. God wants, um, Ross, if you want to come, God wants to bless you 
with loving, healthy relationships. And I want to encourage you, if you, it's not over. Do you know, we married a beautiful couple here in their late 70s. Susan <laughs> Gallagher and David Hall. And they were married and they are, it was just so gorgeous to see them, you know, like a couple of 15 teenagers, you know, they were just so in love. They are. But it's, it's gorgeous. But it's never too late. You know, it's, you can have the blessing of love at any stage of your life. And sometimes it surprises you who God will bring into your life. And like I say, it's not over until he says it's over. And so I want to encourage you, don't give up on love. Don't give up on a healthy relationship. And like me, I hadn't seen it modelled. I hadn't experienced it in my own home. But God has added that to me. And I have found that when you work together and you, you love each other and you look at what you do have in common, you can ride through all the seasons of life. Um, right the way through. So God bless you. Yeah. Well, wow, well done. Well done. Wow. God's blessing flows. Just a couple of scriptures to wrap it up today. I trust this has helped understanding to come. John thirteen thirty four. Jesus said, I give you now a new commandment. Love each other just as much as I have loved you. Wow, that's, that's a high, high order, isn't it? For when you demonstrate the same love I have for you by loving one another, everyone will know that you're my true followers. This is powerful. Jesus saying how you love and treat one another in your marriages, in your families, in your uh, church, in the community, it has a great impact on others whether they're going to follow Jesus or not. That's how powerful this is. So God really wants our lives to be doing it his way as well as we can, with his grace and help over our hearts and our lives. God doesn't want lonely people. You might be alone, but you don't have to be lonely. It's about loving and caring and supporting one another and enjoying the journey of life. Um, Luke 10, 27, it says, You must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your passion, all your energy, and all every thought. You must love your neighbor as you love yourself. I have been amazed over the years when I've seen so many people sabotage their relationships because they don't know how to love and accept themselves. Because if we don't love and accept ourselves we will find it very difficult to love and accept other people because you'll be coming out of you will be fear and rejection. And so Jesus, when he comes into our lives, he wants to heal your heart, restore your soul from whatever may have happened on the journey of life so that you can truly accept the unique identity that you are. Created in God's image, full of love and creativity and beauty and all those incredible things, faithfulness and commitment. And when you come to a place of loving and accepting yourself, even though none of us are perfect, we're all on a journey, you will then be able to love and accept others better and your relationships will go better. And I believe God wants us not to sabotage, but to learn to do what he said, love him Love one another by the same way you love 
yourself. So if you end up sabotaging relationships, say, God, what, why is this happening? He might be wanting to heal and restore your, your heart. Some of you have read the Five Love Languages book by Gary Chapman. We all give and receive love in different ways, affirming words, quality time, gifts, acts of service and physical touch. Sometimes you can love someone, but if we don't learn to hear and understand their love language, it's just going and missing the target. If you're a words person, you're saying, I love you so much, but if they're a gift or um, quality time person, they're not going to be hearing your words because it's not coming in the way that they understand. And so it's really powerful to learn. If you say, I don't know what their love language is, just watch how they express their love to others. If they're a gift person, when you're going somewhere, all they want to know is, what are we going to give them? That's their language. Saying, you never spend enough time with me. Quality time is their main love language. It's not difficult, but it's a way that we... Good communication is essential for good marriage. Speaking the truth in love. Being emotionally honest with yourself and with others. This is where I had to learn this. I wasn't good... My, I come from, uh, my father's line was Scottish and my mother's line were German and both those cultures are very stoic and not really generally good at communicating emotion. So Mary Lynn, she comes from a family that were shared emotions, so with three sisters and, and, uh, and I had to learn how to be emotionally honest, identify feelings. I didn't know how to do it very well. I was passionate for Jesus, healthy and strong, but emotionally I was undeveloped. And God will often use the, your spouse or key people in your life to help add to and complement what you're not good at. Don't push them away. Don't try and make them like you are. Say, God, what's the gifts they're bringing to my life? And when you do that, you will flourish in relationships and trust. So God helps us learning to build trust. If you want to build trust, become a trustworthy person yourself. Follow through on what you promise. Be consistent, reliable, faithful, and you'll find then trust will grow from you and to other people. Worship team, come on up as we uh, wrap it up today. We've covered a lot of info, but I pray this will be a, a help for you in your relationship. And if you've been wrestling with fears and, and saying, God, I don't know how I can trust again, or I'm scared of getting married. Some, some um, young people just... Put off getting married. We got married at 22 and 21. Today, the average age for marriage is uh, about 30 or in its 30s. And f there's reasons for that of education and travel. But one of the reasons is because so many people have had broken relationships. They want to make sure they get it right. And sometimes we just become overcautious instead of stepping out, taking the risk. We didn't know what we were getting into, but boy, God led us. And we've had an amazing journey of learning along the journey of life. So dealing with those undealt with things. Sow lots of good seeds in your relationship and see what God will do. God's perfect love drives out fear. And a lot of us have fears in relationship. Are they going to accept me? Am I going to be good enough? Hey, we've got to just fill ourselves with God's love. Emotionally address the things that we've got to be honest about. Most people are good at avoiding and denying Aussies are really good at avoiding and denying. But if you want to have a good marriage or good healthy relationship, you've got to be honest with yourself and face things and God will help us to grow through. So today I want to pray a prayer of blessing over every marriage, every relationship. One other thought is Jesus heals the brokenhearted. He sets the captive free. So if your heart's been broken, personally yourself or by other examples around you, God's the one who comes and gives a fresh start.
He's so amazing that he heals your heart so that you can move forward with the future. Sometimes we look back with regret and say, I sabotage relationship, or I just did dumb stuff and now I don't know whether I can ever be restored. God's the God of hope. He replaces fear with hope. Let's stand in his presence today. And I trust that today God's going to help us to do relationships better. To do it God's way, because if we do it the world's way, we will all miss, always miss out on some of the blessing. But if we do it God's way, His provision is there. Let's close our eyes for a moment. I just want to pray for blessing today over every relationship. Maybe you're here today and say, hey, there's some areas that I struggle with, trust or fear, or I realize I've been sabotaging relationships, or I'm just overcautious. And I want to just begin to trust God for a new way. If that's you, just put your hands out in front of you. I want to pray a prayer of blessing for God to lift off fears and heal your heart. Right now, come on, let's, let's respond just in this moment, these 30 seconds. Lord, right now, I just pray blessing over each one that's responding. Lord, let peace be in our hearts. Lord, you want us to be in healthy, wholesome relationships. Lord, I just pray right now for your healing and release over every life, your breakthrough, your peace. Lord, let your love heal our hearts and drive out fear and give us wisdom in our relationships in Jesus' name. Thank you for joining us. The Bayside Christian Church community aims to transform our city and beyond with the life and power of Jesus Christ. If you want to know more or just keep in touch, check us out at www.baysidechristianchurch.com.au or follow us on our social media sites at Bayside Christian Church.